Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man with high-performance executive success coach, Dan Pena. The only show where you ask and you get complete, no-holds-barred answers. Head on to www.askthe50billiondollarman.com to submit your questions. And now, your host, Dan Pena. Hi, welcome to my 009 podcast, Ask the $50 Billion Man. Um, we're going to start off uh, again. You're starting to use the uh, toll-free number and ask questions. And uh, as in previous uh, few podcasts, I'm going to start it with a, um, a uh, uh, audio question. So uh, here goes. Audio question. Dan, I am 32, I am Hispanic, I was born in and I live in El Paso, Texas. I am a loner and I am an online futures and options trader. By choice, I have no friends and I choose not to interact with my family except my mother. And my business is home-based, so I don't have the average five-person social circle that you talk about. Besides good health and happiness for myself, my mother and my best friends, who are my dogs, there is nothing in this world that I want more than extreme wealth. I wish to make enough money in this business so that I can start other types of businesses and diversify. What would you say to someone like me who is a loner but who wants to find people at the success level that I want to be at, which, by the way, in my mind is a level of at least $100 million, and who lives in an area such as El Paso, Texas, which is not exactly awash with rich, successful movers and shakers. In short, what would you suggest uh, to someone like me who has no one in person to learn from, much less create a dream team? Um, well, uh, you, your plight is not impossible, but it, you make it more difficult. Uh, uh, being Hispanic, uh, which nobody has referred to me uh, has been Hispanic, other than uh, I believe Wikipedia now, uh, and being in El Paso, uh, where El Paso, Texas, where I know very well, um, there are high-performance people there, and I'm sure you've got a few people worth a hundred million dollars that are in the oil and gas business. So uh, you may not be looking too hard, uh, but since you're in oil futures, you should be able to, to find them. Um, but uh, my my first advice to you would be uh, to um, you're going to have to leave El Paso. Uh, and the fact that you have no friends um, and the only people that you really deal with it, other than your mother and your two dogs uh, uh, that are your friends, I can relate to that because my best friends are my animals and have been for many, many years. But uh, you're not much different than when I was 30, uh, almost 31 years old, when I decided that um, even though I was a very successful Hispanic uh, by tradition and by Hispanic magazine, etc., uh, the, uh, I knew in the real world I wasn't. So uh, y you need to make a decision. How bad do you want to have $100 million? Um, now, my, my advice is that it'll be, it's not impossible to make $100 million online, but uh, most of the online futures and options traders that I know uh, uh, have their careers end in tears. Anybody can make uh, money in, uh, on the market or in the market in a bull market. And uh, for oil and gas, uh, except for a few intermittent uh, blips, uh, it's been pretty much up 
Um, and I know because I got in the oil business when it was about 40 bucks a barrel and uh, I wrote it all the way to six or eight bucks a barrel depending on what indice you want to, to uh, use and then I wrote it back up uh, I don't think it ever got back up to 40 bucks a barrel uh, before I left the oil industry over 20 years ago uh, but you, you show me you don't have any friends but um, if you have if you're looking for high-performance people um, although they're there a few you're gonna have to go looking for them uh, and um, uh, just by the sound of your voice and the closeness to your mom, uh, I can tell that you don't want to leave her there. So take her with you. Leave. Go someplace else. That's my advice. Mr. Pena, what was uh, the transition like from when you were a mentee to a mentor? Well, I had been a mentor uh, to others on a lesser scale uh, before I became a mentee to Mr. Grazos, uh, Mr. Ormond, and Mr. Newman. Um, so it wasn't real, a real transition. Um, the, uh, in fact, I've never thought of it that way. Um, but uh, it was easy for me to follow the direction of the three older, more wise guys. I often really, uh, call them my three wise men. And I'm not trying to relate to being the baby Jesus or anything, but the three wise men came along. Uh, but um, the, uh, so it wasn't a transition for me. Uh, Mr. Pena, how do you measure leadership? Uh, alternatively, how do you assess how much leadership skill a certain person has? Leadership, well, let me start with communication. Communication is message sent, message received, and message acted upon when I want you to act upon it. And that's where leadership comes in. Me getting you to do what you don't want to do to be what you want to be when I want you to do it, that's leadership and I'm exerting leadership over you or exhibiting leadership over you. Um, most people have mediocre communication skills at best. Uh, and most people in today's world, in the 21st century, have next to no leadership skills. Uh, and, the, uh, and that's just a product of being politically correct, a product of um, uh, not uh, wanting to not fit in. Uh, we're raised to fit in. And um, the, I assess them, have they been able to get people to do what they wanted them to do, as long as it's moral, ethical, etc., when they want them to do it. You doing what I ask you to do or in my particular case, what I tell you to do, three years from now, isn't leadership. You deciding to do what I want you to do when I know it's necessary, that's leadership. Mr. Pena, I want to use pre preferential stock with no voting power in order to maintain control, but still, have, um, uh, but still give out equity. I'm referring here to partners and not board members. I assume you mean partners in the deal. Um, when in this the discussions pro discussion process, is it best to bring this up? How would you approach setting up and meeting um, and uh, the proposition? Well, I'm not as concerned about losing control of the company as uh, many of you are. I've told you only uh, less than a handful of times have I had to worry about getting the stock back that I've given out. Uh, 
and in almost all cases, they've given the stock back, just as I have given the stock back to many mentees that they're, they're, they've changed their minds. They don't want to go forward. They don't want to be a billionaire. They don't want to, with, you know, they've got 20 million bucks in the bank and they decide that's enough. So, you know, just get the deals done. Don't worry so much about that. How did your uh, workday look as uh, the leader of an acquisition company in the beginning stages? What did you do in the mornings, the midday, and the evening? I was first to work and I was virtually almost always last or almost last to leave. Uh, the company, I'd go around the offices about uh, starting about between 6.30 and 8.30 depending on my schedule during the day and I'd go around to every employee and I'd sit there for a few minutes. What are you doing, Joe? How's everything, Sally? I'd look at the pictures on their desk. Oh, you got, how are your kids? How is this? How is that? Um, and uh, I'd let them know that I cared and I did care about them. Uh, but selfishly, I cared about them vis-a-vis -vis, uh, how they interacted with the company. I'd be there first thing in the morning. I used to take time off during the day to go to the gym and work out. I'm, I'm not one of those guys uh, that worked out early in the morning, and that's okay. But uh, people don't do what you uh, inspect. They do what they see you do with respect. They, you know, if you come in at 11, 12, 1 o'clock and you expect them to be there, you know, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, that dog won't hunt. Um, can you give more detail on what happened before, during, and after completing your first acquisition? Um, well, my first acquisition uh, the, um, was way before Great Western. I was acquiring assets way before that. Uh, but uh, during the acquisition, I was the first in and the last out. Uh, completing the acquisition, I was the first in and first out. After the acquisition, I was the first in and first out. Um, the, uh, I led from the front. I led by example. You know, if we're in trench warfare in World War I, and uh, there's only 60 yards or 100 yards between the opposing forces, and I say, okay, Joe, over the hill, get out of the trenches, and, and they know that there's a 60 to 80 percent chance they're going to be wounded or killed. They're not going to listen to you. If I'm the first one out of the trench and, and, and charging forward, and that's why the, the, the motto of the infantry is follow me, I am the infantry, uh, doesn't mean 100 percent they're going to follow, but it's certainly a lot more than if I'm sitting back in a, a concrete bunker and I'm saying, hey, Joe, you go get them. Um, so I led from the front. Um, and, um, and they appreciated that. And of course, that's my military training. So uh, the days were filled with learning the business, learning the employees, learning who was important to the organization, learning who wasn't important to the organization, learning who should be promoted above where they are now, learn con uh, uh, conversely, uh, who was being held back because they were too bright and their superiors were uh, concerned about uh, being replaced by someone that reported to them. Um, and, and it's a learning process. And all the books in the world that you're going to read about management aren't going to tell you how to manage your first acquisition. Uh, dear Mr. Pena, thank you for the wisdom you have shared at London, on, at London Real. Uh, and on your podcast, I appreciate the no bullshit approach. We, we need it. I watched a podcast with Peter Sage on London Real and Bulletproof Executive, and the concept of emotional bank account came up. 
uh, this really resonated with me and below me uh, and blue me uh, as the place that was not functioning optional, uh, optimally. I am so grateful for this enlightenment and now take uh, uh, my meditation affirmations and reading goals much more seriously. My question is, you mentioned that you have 20 odd affirmations, uh, that's correct, that you repeat daily. Do you repeat them uh, one, each one several times? Um, do you do them at a particular time? How often do you uh, change them? Uh, I don't do them anymore other than at night before I go to bed. I used to do them when I got up first in the morning and then when I went to bed, but I only do them once now because most, uh, I, they're memorized. Um, the, um, and they change. Uh, in the last five years with my kids getting out of school, uh, going on with their lives, uh, a few of my affirmations have changed. Uh, the, uh, but uh, I change them when appropriate. And as my goals change, because my affirmations are tied to my goals. Uh, with over 20 years spreading the QLA methodology and your experience, what is the most common uh, delay-inducing pitfall that your mentees have faced before completing the crucial first acquisition? Um, procrastination, fear of failure, and lack of focus, like all of us. Less of that because they've got their mentor and uh, dream team assisting them. But my mentees suffer from the same thing you guys suffer from, except they suffer from it less. And there's a team there pushing them, pulling them, and in some instances when I'm involved, kicking them to get them across the goal line. Uh, how would you approach making an acquisition target uh, employee a part of the finance and acquisition price? See, how would you approach making an acquisition target employee? Oh. <clears throat> That meaning, are we going to pay for the employees? Of course you pay for the employees. I've, I've made some acquisitions in my career that people always told me I overpaid for. But I was paying for the people. I needed that. I needed the people to, to, to make the overall uh, strategy work. Um, you see people, I, I believe that even uh, uh, Gates and others have uh, attested to or at least confessed that uh, certain of their acquisitions they made for the people that were... Um, uh, necessary to grow the business beyond just that acquisition and you pay up and you, you finance that acquisition or that portion of the acquisition. Following the first acquisition, how many medium-sized, they defined it here at 5 million, acquisitions would you recommend as reasonable to process simultaneously? <clears throat> um, there's, there's no rule of thumb for that, but you should be able to process two or three acquisitions um, uh, at the same time. Uh, now, if you're going to swallow a big company, 50, 100 million, compared vis-a-vis -vis how big you were when you started, that's not the same thing. But if your first acquisition is a couple hundred million dollars, and you can uh, uh, much more readily assimilate a 100 or 200 or 300 million dollar acquisition. Furthermore, when doing multiple acquisitions in parallel, is there a rule of thumb regarding how many members of the external team are required per acquisition in this category? No, there's no rule of thumb. Some teams uh, can only be two or three people and they can do an acquisition uh, of enormous size. But remember, you're going to be having your extension of your dream team, your accountants and your lawyers doing a great deal of the work. So um, uh, normally you have one person overseeing all the acquisitions, then you have heads of each acquisition team. 
when it comes to exit strategy, selling uh, versus going public, which path do you generally prefer to take and why? Uh, there's no preferred uh, path. Uh, I let the market tell me. If an industry sale, meaning someone within the industry, we should have a, a sell, the selling process directed towards them, I do that. If there's no likely industry candidate, uh, then I, I look for an IPO. I've even looked in uh, recent years at uh, franchising as an exit. Hi, my question is this. I have a business selling on eBay. I gross $250,000 a year, so I work very hard at this. I wanted to make it a million, but my own, uh, on my own, I just haven't time in the day. 13 to 15 hours a day is the most I can do. Anyone should I hire, anyway, should I hire people to do the little thing like picturing the items for me and pay them a minimum wage? Do you have any advice on how I can trigger this? The answer is yes, you should delegate. Uh, and I don't know about paying a minimum wage, but you should have other people do the stuff that aren't critical to the business uh, and it'll free you up for more time and you'll be able to do more than a quarter of a million dollars a year. Dan, if I drive a Rolls to work, late 90s spur, worth about $30,000, uh, do you think this would cause friction with the employees, i.e., will they think I'm getting too rich off of them? Possibly, but if, if, if you're paying the minimum wage, the answer is yes. If you're paying them a decent wage and you're allowing them to participate and be part of the solution, meaning sharing the profits, the answer is no. I have a small telemarketing company doing about $3 million a year in sales. I just think the, uh, the used Rolls is a better value than a, a new Honda or Lexus, which costs the same. Yes, I have uh, factored in maintenance costs, laughing out loud. It, they don't, the, the employees don't give a damn about your maintenance costs. Uh, the perception is if you live in a, uh, uh, in a uh, manufactured home, mobile home park environment, uh, whether you have a new Lexus or a used Rolls, they're still going to look at it the same. It depends how fair, fairly you're treating the employees and uh, if they're, being, uh, they're benefiting directly by their endeavors. How do you put together a team to support multiple uh, acquisitions in the shortest time possible with access to financing being the biggest hurdle? Well, you should have already put the team together before the acquisition. Um, the trouble with bringing a deal to, an, to a, a dream team this is not the acquisition team, the, uh, the banks, etc. is that they, they want to study it before they go on board. They, the luxury of bringing on a dream team before you have the acquisition is that they, they're joining you because they believe in you, they believe in the general concept. Um, with access to finance being the biggest, access to finance is not the biggest hurdle. You've been told that it's the biggest hurdle. As I read through you know, many examples during the seminar that just ended a couple weeks ago, getting the money is not the problem. Finding the right deal is the problem. Uh, in your most recent podcast, you mentioned that when making acquisitions, you want to ensure that the seller gets the smallest, the smallest sliver to get the deal rolling. How do I get enough funds together to offer the sliver? No, that's not what I said. Uh, when you're using owner financing, uh, you want them to stay on board. Uh, and by staying on board, you mean that you're going to pay them out of your, their own cash flow uh, over one, two, or three years. But it's not the smallest sliver. You know, you're not trying to fuck the guy. Uh, how do I get enough funds to, to, together to offer the sliver? 
No, you, you're, you're misunderstanding. If somebody's giving you owner finance and they're going to take, let's say, 20% down now and 20% over the next four years, equaling 100%, if you're able to leverage or hypothecate the assets of the acquisition, that 20% will come easily. Um, but it's not the smallest sliver. In fact, they won't go for a sale of their business for the smallest sliver. They're going to want the largest sliver. They're going to want at least 50% down, and you pay them the 50% remaining over two years, 25% a year. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for information, the industry in the question is part of the UK healthcare industry for seniors with a niche in dementia care. Uh, health care for uh, seniors is hot. Of course, it's part of the overall health care that I've said is hot for 20, 25 years. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the dementia area, but I know guys my age or gals my age are already getting it, so I can just imagine it's very uh, lucrative. Uh, by the year 2030, there will be uh, over 1 million people in the UK suffering from dementia. Some will be able to manage the condition in their own home, but most will need uh, to go into structured care facilities. I understand that. So I recently started just making calls on financial institutions and interviewing them. It's really surprising how they start to fold when you ask questions uh, the way you describe in your writing. Gee, I wonder why. That's why I wrote them, because it works. Uh, here's a question that I was asked uh, that I don't quite know how to answer. The banker, Bank of America, said they have cash flow requirements and need two years past tax records. That's bullshit. If you're ta talking about two-year tax records from you and or your dream team, that's bullshit. What do they need that for? If you're talking about they need two years tax record based on the acquisition candidate, that's possible. And then you've got to produce them if you have an acquisition. I dodged a question by letting him know we're, inter we're interviewing banks looking to build a long-term relationship and that my board of directors have many years of experience in the industry. Okay, the sort of, That sort of helped me dodge the bullet, but how do I answer the questions about tax returns? I don't have any. Well, if you don't have any tax returns, it means you're not paying any taxes, so you're probably doing something illegal, which I don't adhere to. Uh, and I doubt the board members I'm recruiting as we speak will want to share their tax returns. They have no fucking reason to give their tax returns. That's bullshit. You need to go to another bank. Also, I asked, uh, was his bank central or individual? He basically said he takes the application and makes sure it meets cash flow requirements. Um, and then he'll send it over to the underwriters. That means he's a centralized bank, and, uh, and almost all of Bank of America now is centralized. Uh, you'd, you'd like individual uh, bank managers to be able to make the loans. Uh, he told me there's about 10 underwriters, and he doesn't know which one will actually get my file. So to sum it up, two questions. A, how do I get around showing tax returns? Go to another bank. That's bullshit. They don't need your tax returns, and they don't need um, the uh, tax returns of your board, and they should be based on the tax returns, if any, of your acquisition candidate. And B, the banker taking the application and sending it to, over to the underwriters for finances, is that, goes, is that the way it normally goes? If you're in a, um, a uh, centralized banking environment, yes, it does. That's what happens. Isolated myself from low-performance people. This is the guy saying this. I'm lacking resources to hang out with high-performance people, though. Did you ever seem to uh, get stuck? Can't seem to figure out what the next step is. Well, the next step is, as I said, I'd go into Rolls-Royce dealers, smell the lever, 
My wife and I go to million dollar houses a long time ago. Million dollar house was a lot of house. Uh, I joined clubs I couldn't afford. Okay, uh, I did all these things. Uh, the uh, and somehow I scraped the money together uh, to be able to pay the dues uh, on clubs that I couldn't afford. Uh, how did you manage to get your millionaire clubs when you seemed uh, they, this seemed unaffordable to you? Well, if you think they're unaffordable, guy, then you're never going to make it happen. I was a member of the Jonathan Club since 1981. as the first minority member the Jonathan Club has ever had. Uh, 1987, the law was passed, a federal mandate that you had to accept minorities and do uh, uh, clubs. Uh, I was accepted six years before. So I often tease other guys that say that they're members of prestigious clubs that they got in. And, and I ask, well, what year did you get in? Oh, 1987. Well, I know, without embarrassing them, sometimes I do embarrass them. Oh, you mean the federal mandate made them take you? Well, I was six years ahead of the curve. And I was in the club. I couldn't afford the club when I, when I, uh, when I became a member. But I still keep the membership, even though I don't live in the United States anymore, because uh, I enjoy the fact that I'm a member of the Jonathan Club, one of the more prestigious uh, clubs. It used to be men's club, now it's a club for every, all, men and women uh, in the United States, uh, in Los Angeles, based on Figueroa. Uh, to my mentor from uh, afar, Mr. Pena, thank you for sharing your wealth by way of all the free material. It has helped me geometrically. One of the, my favorite moments that I have heard from you uh, has been uh, you passionately yelled, hunger makes beasts of men. Yes, it does make beasts of men, but uh, most of you aren't hungry enough. Uh, if you were hungry enough, you've made uh, many, or some, at least some of the sacrifices I've made to get where I am, uh, and I don't see that too much in kids anymore. Uh, Mr. Pena, your QLA steps for entrepreneurs are very well spelled out. Thank you. From getting a mentor and a dream team to raising capital to finance uh, the f consolidation of an industry you are passionate about. Correct. Uh, can you also outline the steps for people who want to uh, remain employees and also for people who want to start a business from scratch on the Internet? Well, the Internet's no problem. Uh, I mean, if you have a credit card that's got any kind of limit on it, you can start a business from the Internet. But uh, if you're going to follow QLA, mentor, chairman, dream team, because I never get into a business that I don't want to exit. If, and so a dream team and a mentor, et cetera, uh, is mandatory for an exit. Uh, for people that uh, are just going to remain employees, meaning that you are going to go up the corporate ladder, follow Klaus, 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 excuse me, Klaus, Klaus Kleinfeld's uh, history, and you'll see how to do it. Uh, you have to be more patient. Uh, if, you're t if, if the question really is asking me how to remain, or remain an employee and start a business from scratch on the internet. Well, uh, I mean, you don't want to uh, cheat your employer uh, out of the time he's paying for. Um, you need to, by definition, start the business in your free time. Unfortunately, too many of you guys do it while you're working and being paid by somebody else, and that's disingenuous at best and dishonest at worst. Hi, Dan Pena. I really wanted to meet you in Copenhagen. This is a kid that didn't show up to our meeting. He canceled on time. But unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Uh, he wasn't dead, and he was still breathing, so I'm not so sure I accept his uh, uh, apology. So I have some questions I hope you can answer for me. Uh, he's going to be 21 in four months. I'm uh, uneducated. I never had a job. 
uh, is it possible to succeed following your method? The answer is yes. We have kids with uh, less education than you, uh, and it is possible. But the fact that you didn't come to our meeting shows me that uh, you're not focused. Does every mentee that pays uh, and, and attends your seminar and follow your instructions make back the money uh, uh, more shortly after the seminar? No, not more shortly. It depends on your focus. And, based, and the reason I put this question is to show you people that aren't fucking focused don't make it. This kid so far, historically, is not focused or he would have come to his meeting. Um, can you teach anybody how to start up a business step-by-step step and succeed? Yes. What makes one qualified to attend this Castle Seminar? Heart. Passion. What makes one qualified for the payment plan? If you're a student and you have to fill out the required, um, if you're a student, you have to fill out the required uh, questionnaire. If you're not a student, uh, which is a different payment plan, uh, you have to uh, fill out and be accepted. We don't accept everybody. We get a lot, a lot of requests, but you don't know unless you ask. What is the easiest way for a mentee to piss you off? Don't, not showing up for the fucking meeting, you idiot. What is your definition of super success? Well, my definition for super success is being all you can be. It's simple. All you can be. If you believe in the big man upstairs, he put us on this earth to be not part of what we can be, but all we can be. And that's different things to different people. You know, if I had been, had talent uh, like my father, I probably would have been an Olympian, you know. Um, but uh, I didn't. Athletic talent, that is. So I, I, I'm trying to be uh, and all I can be in um, the business world. What are some of the reasons you say your seminar is not for everybody? Because it's not for everybody, because a lot of people can't take uh, the focus. A lot of people uh, engage in self-sabotaging activities, uh, no matter what you teach them. Uh, most people can't. Uh, it's not for them because it's too expensive, even with the um, payment plan. And I can make the payment plan three years, but I don't. I make it over one year, and you have to pay 25% down uh, before you come to the seminar. And then you make the payments uh, for 12 months thereafter, equal payments. Is one of the stumbling blocks not willing uh, to invest 70-hour work weeks? Yes, that is one of the. You know, I still work 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week, and I'm uh, allegedly uh, retired. Uh, but uh, I don't consider it work. If you consider what you're doing work, you're not passionate and you don't love it. But it is one of the uh, stumbling blocks. One of my first goals is to become financially free as fast as possible. Is this something that can, help, uh, that can happen uh, and that you can help me with? Yes, if you're focused, show commitment, show passion, show heart, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Pena, I'm really thankful for all your free information that you help people uh, to, to uh, get uh, to awake, excuse me. I'm a, here's another 30, this one's 33, not 32. I'm 33 years old, working for an international hotel chain, fulfilling dreams in, uh, of others. Uh, spent my life helping, supporting where I could, charity, Christianity, etc., which is all good. I am aware of uh, the fact that I have not built any financial base for myself. Not unusual for a 33-year-old. 
this is my uh, comment, uh, not my own business, always taking care of uh, about others first. I've been traveling a lot around the globe since I'm 18 years old and want to return and start my business in my home country. I'm, uh, I'm from Slovakia where chances um, uh, offer or offers in very small market are limited. I feel and look forward uh, to setting up my own business, but I am just about to start thinking um, which way to go since hospitality is statistically the worst. Well, then you shouldn't do it. My question, will it help me not to waste uh, time and my money to attend your seminar? Um, now, it, 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 I'm going to read that again. My question, will it help me not to waste your time and my money to attend your seminar. Well, if that's the way you think, then you shouldn't do it. That, you've got a loser's mentality, and um, I can't turn around a loser's mentality. And that slide was for all the people to think like that. And I read through all that stuff. So the others, this is not for this one guy from Slovakia. On the flight home, I was reviewing my materials and reminded me of a few questions that I failed to ask. This is a guy that just attended the Castle Seminar. But this is also a guy that drove eight hours from Indiana to meet me before the seminar in um, Toronto, Canada. You said I need to be more selfish. I feel I have an idea of what you mean, but could you give me an example? I tell everybody, and this is what I tell my nuns and my priests, mentees, be more selfish, okay? You can't be all that you can be, and you can't for yourself if you don't love yourself and you don't think enough of yourself to do what's necessary to make you happy. So this gentleman I told, um, and he's in financial services, be more selfish. Think about yourself. Uh, number two, you made mention one day that uh, you felt that I was too straight-laced. Is being more selfish what you feel will change this? Yes, uh, that's partially. But you are straight laced. You know, you try to be too politically correct, and that's because you work for a big bank for uh, a good portion of your life, uh, and uh, you know you went out of your way to say nice things. Doesn't mean you can stop being a nice person following QLA, but it does mean that you can't love somebody else until you love yourself. Uh, three. What is the best way to boraxo my brain? Just do it. Boraxo, your brain meaning to cleanse your database of all the bullshit that you've learned, all the stuff you read in books by people that never made any money, all the stuff that you learned in seminars from people that never achieved anything other than filling up seminar halls. Just fucking do it. Mr. Pena, what are some hot buttons for acquisition-related accounts? Uh, accountants, excuse me. What words make the deal attractive to accountants? Uh, a few I've garnered so far. Uh, we're going to do a lot of deals and give them so much business they'll choke on it. Correct? Uh, we're an acquisition company and we require a lot of accounting work um, such as audits to our internal books which are uh, sure to be very complex. No, that's not a good one. Uh, you're going to require, and uh, the accountants that do your due diligence, corporate finance work, will not be able to do your tax work. It's changed in recent years. Uh, and so um, the, um, you can pitch them on, uh, I would pitch them not on the um, audit work or tax work, I would pitch them on the due diligence and corporate finance work. 
uh, you're going to make a partner two years ahead of the curve uh, with how much business we're going to run through you. Well, you can't guarantee that, but you're, you know, if he's a senior associate, you know, with all the business we're going to get you, you know, it's likely that you're going to, you know, you can possibly uh, make partner ahead of the curve. We will pay success-oriented fees and 25% bonus above billable hours on closings a successful uh, acquisition. Um, they will, we just had a, a Big Ten accounting firm a couple days ago agree to success fees. Um, you may get away with not having to pay a 25% bonus above billable hours, but if they balk at the success fees, then say it will be uh, X plus 25% um, uh, on closing a successful acquisition. Uh, we will go public. Now, that normally makes all accountants and professionals salivate because there's huge amounts of work in the IPO uh, initial public offering or flotation, as they call it in some countries. Uh, so that often works very well. In future, um, I will be uh, doing podcasts in addition to answering questions. Um, uh, on, on specific topics or, um, or areas of interest where, let's say, I got 20 or 50 questions. Um, one of the topics I believe that's coming up in uh, the weeks to come is, how do I get the fucking money? Um, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, but that's the question. Uh, uh, another topic uh, is QLA right for me. Um, another topic... Uh, is, um, you know, I'm not Dan Pena. How do I make QLA work for me? And by the way, I got a question uh, earlier today. Uh, do I have more than one pocket watch? And the answer is yes. This happens to be a platinum one uh, that is a gift uh, from my wife. The one that I wear, another one that I wear, is a gold antique pocket watch that was given to me as a gift from my coal miners um, in uh, Kentucky when I was in the coal business and I bought Bow Valley Coal and turned it into Great Western Coal. And I, I, I do have other pocket watches. Um, the, um, get, getting back to future topics, um, and in closing, I want to thank everybody that has sent in the questions. We're going to have more questions. Uh, I want to thank everybody that has responded to um, my request for QLA uh, alumni to attend my 70th birthday party. Uh, at Guthrie Castle on the 10th of August, 19, uh, excuse me, 10th of August, 2015. Uh, it's going to be a two or three day uh, event, uh, uh, one of which uh, uh, the events will be a golf tournament, but there'll be other things. Um, I expect uh, a few luminaries, uh, but there are no guarantees. Uh, I expect uh, a number of my successful mentees. Uh, I expect uh, a few of my family members, including my close immediate uh, family, like my children. Um, the, um, it'll be uh, um, a, um, an event to remember. Uh, I also can only tell you that the first come, first serve for the uh, QLA alumni, those that uh, participate or uh, in the um, request uh, to attend, they come in first, will be the first that we address. Uh, it has been rumored that I may or may not have a seminar either before or just after uh, my 70th birthday celebration, or gala as it's being called. There is probably uh, some truth to that. I'm not so sure if it'll be before or after. Um, 
I also want to thank the people that have uh, uh, helped me. Uh, I, I thank Brian Rose uh, on many occasions for allowing me to be on uh, his program, uh, London Real. It started the reality show process for me. Uh, and I wouldn't be doing these podcasts for you guys for free uh, or for money anyway because I, 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 I didn't see the worthwhile uh, aspect of them. I now understand that. Um, and uh, I am scheduled to be on uh, a number of other podcasts, uh, but I have uh, London Real and Brian uh, to thank for it. The, um, it's early days for the reality show. We're fortunate that the, the number one, um, 2014 number one independent um, uh, production company has decided to, to take uh, the project on. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Uh, and um, I, I'm not quite used to being called a talent at this juncture in my life, but that's what they call their clients. And the big um, talent agencies that have the Ben Afflecks and the Tom Cruises and those kind of uh, people, and the J-Lo's, et cetera, uh, are talents. Uh, I'm, I don't consider myself that kind of talent. But I am the most successful high-performance coach based on creating $50 billion in equity and value. So if that's what a fucking talent is, then I'm a fucking talent, and I can get used to it. And if I can get used to them putting makeup on my face to do these podcasts, I guess I can get used to anything. And my staff is all smiling as they look on. Uh, and uh, the, uh, but I, I enjoy it, and I uh, enjoy and look forward to doing more of these. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, keep the questions coming in. Peace. This is AskThe50BillionDollarMan.com's official disclaimer. Comments, questions, and remarks made during any part of this podcast are intended to generate discussion and reflection, but are not legal, accounting, tax, investment, appraisal, medical, or other professional advice or instructions, or factual reporting, all of which are expressly disclaimed. Remember, investigate before you invest. We can't do that for you. You are solely responsible for your investigation, analysis, and decisions made with your independent professional advisors, familiar with your specific and verified facts, and current applicable laws and regulations. Reliance on this podcast, its contents, or its participants for any personal or business decision, including, but not limited to, legal, investment, or other financial decisions, is disclaimed. No comment, question, or remark, or other content shall be or be construed as an express or implied promise, undertaking contract or agreement, or a waiver of any part of this disclaimer or applicable laws. The owners and distributors disclaim any obligation to supplement, correct, or modify the content of any podcast. No content shall be deemed to encourage evasion or disobedience of any law or the submission to jurisdiction in any country. Reliance upon any facts assumed to be true for the podcast is disclaimed. Persons or entities referred to are fictional, and no depiction or reference to any person or entity is intended. Any seeming resemblance to an actual person or entity is entirely coincidental. All content is copyrighted and may not be used without written permission from Dan S. Pena, Sr.